I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. (laughs) Kia ora everybody. I'm Jordan, host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. It's my hope that you find support and comfort in these stories and I'm really looking forward to bringing you today's episode. Just a reminder before we get started that these are personal experiences and you should always seek medical advice before making any important decisions. I'm not an advocate for any particular model of birth or birth care, and this is simply a platform to share these empowering Kiwi birth tales with you all. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Alana about the birth of her son, Duncan, Alana has a really lovely episode where she used hypnobirthing techniques and she ended up giving birth in a birth center. I'll let Alana take you through the rest of her story and I hope you enjoy it. Hi Alana, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. You're welcome Jordan, thanks for having me, it's great to be here. No problem. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about you and your family? Yeah, for sure. Um, So I'm Alana. Um, my partner's Gareth. We've got a 14-month-old Duncan um, and a fur baby who's a Kelpie Cross Luna, and we live in Stanmore Bay, which is just north of Auckland. Oh, lovely. And what was the journey like to pregnancy for you guys? Um, we are those annoying people. Um, so I have, um, we have quite a few friends who have struggled or not been able to get pregnant. And I was quite conscious. I'm in my thirties. I was quite conscious that I didn't want to leave it, um, for too long. Uh, and so Gareth and I had quite a large trip planned to the UK and he was like, Oh no, I think we need to wait a couple of months. Um, just in case, you know, like you're too pregnant when we travel sort of thing. And he was right. We literally got pregnant um, the first month of trying, um, so much so that I actually didn't expect that I was pregnant. Um, and the first two tests I did were false negatives. Um, so they, you know how there's like that little testing strip on the on the um, pregnancy yeah, yeah. test and you're supposed to wait to check that that says, yes, it's okay. Um, I was like, the next day I was like, I just still feel funny. And then I was like, oh, hang on, there's, there's that little like testy thing. And I went back to check it and I was like, oh, no. So third time was the charm um, and found out that I was um, pregnant after kind of, you know, like the night before going, oh, well, I thought maybe I was pregnant, but it must just be the flow. And then Gareth goes off to work and then the, that afternoon, I'm sort of sat there going, oh, I've got to wait for him to get home from work now to tell him. <laughs> so it was the longest four hours of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you have many early symptoms or you just felt a bit nauseous and fluey? Uh, nauseous and tired. No one had warned me about the exhaustion. Um, so right up until about week 12 or 13, it was just like a truck had hit me. And I'm quite a high energy person. So I really, really struggled um, with that. Um, but I was pretty lucky in that um, after after kind of 12 weeks, I sort of started to feel about 70% back to my usual self. And by week 16, I was kind of right, right back to sort of being me again. So I was, I was very lucky. Yeah. Awesome. And you didn't have many other pregnancy symptoms after that? No, no. Um, I sort of got... Um, you know, the achy hips probably from about week 30 onwards. Um, but other than that, nothing, nothing at all. So I was very lucky. Yeah. Awesome. And did you have a plan of where you thought you might want to deliver? 
<laughs> well, I'm one of those people that I, I do a lot of life, like as it comes to it. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, like birth I'll get to. Um, but one of my really good friends, when I ran to tell her that I was pregnant, she was like, oh, perfect. I've been waiting for someone to give this hypnobirthing book to. Here, you can take it because you're such a control freak. It'll be really good for you. And I was like, what's this about? Um, and so I started reading the book um, and decided to sign up for um, – uh, you know, like a, a course on it. Um, and it was the best thing that we ever did because what I worked out through that is I actually wasn't particularly keen on the idea of going to hospital. I hate hospitals. They smell funny. They make you feel funny. And um, my grandma had been um, diagnosed with melanoma um, with about 11 weeks of my pregnancy to go. So for me, every time I went to the hospital to visit her, it was just this really negative connotation. And I was like, that to me just didn't feel right to bring my baby into the world in that same sort of, you know, environment. So in my mind, I switched to, well, if me or the baby's life is in danger, then we will definitely go to hospital. But if I, I'm, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I've had absolutely no complications, let's go for the birthing center. And so, um, we went up to visit Walkworth Birthing Centre and it's just amazing. Like it's set in this beautiful rural outlook and, you know, it, I just straight away, I was just like, yep, this is, this is where I'm going to give birth. And all of a sudden, once I had just decided that, it was like something switched inside me and the rest of my pregnancy. I just felt really empowered. Like I was actually looking forward to giving birth as weird as most of my friends found that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was really positive. Yeah. Awesome. And did you go to any antenatal classes or a hypnobirthing class or anything like that before you went into labor? Yeah. So we did um, a fabulous hypnobirthing course um, by a, a lady named Helen who runs a, a, a course under positive births. Um, and that was a series of, I think it was six weeks. So it was Sunday evenings for six weeks. Um, quite a small class. I think there were five or six of us couples and it was, it was absolutely fabulous. Just went into, I guess a lot of information about how if you get your mind out of the way, your body just knows what to do when it comes to pregnancy and birth because it's what we've been, you know, like designed to do biologically. And just some of the tips and techniques, um, you know, like I still find really helpful now, you know, like if I'm feeling quite frazzled or the little man hasn't slept, um, you know, a lot of it's just about just calming yourself down, getting your thoughts out of the way. Um, and so I just found that so valuable that after talking to a few friends, they just they said I didn't get much out of my antenatal classes other than meeting some cool people. And so I, I decided that, you know, like the hypnobirthing classes were going to be enough for us. Um, and, and they were fabulous. Yeah, awesome. And did you end up going into labor naturally? Do you want to talk us through <laughs> that experience? Yeah, um, so I was working – quite quite close up until when I was due. So um, Duncan was due on the 3rd of January. And um, on the Thursday before I went into labor, so this was at, at just over 37 weeks, I went to visit my grandma and she said to me, Alana, I don't know how how much longer I can hang on. So this baby better hurry up. I said, grandma, don't worry. There's no way he's coming in January. I just, or there's no way baby's coming because we didn't know what we were having. Um, there's no way baby's coming in January. He's, you know, baby's going to be here soon. You just hang on in there. Um, and that was on the Thursday. And on the Friday, I woke up feeling a bit funny, went into work and just as the morning kind of progressed, I just felt odder and odder and odder. Um, and then sort of had my show arrive at work and I was like, oh, heck, maybe this is it, or maybe it's just a dress rehearsal. Oh, I suppose I'd better 
get Gareth to come pick me up because I don't trust myself to drive home. Um, and so I then rang my midwife because at that point I had had such an uncomplicated pregnancy. We were still on fortnightly visits and we hadn't even sorted out a birth plan. So <laughs> I then called her and I was like, um, Karen, this is what happened. She said, oh, no, you'll be fine. First time, mom, it's just a dress rehearsal. Go home, put your feet up, take it easy. Maybe you won't go into work next week, um, but I'm, it'll just be a dress rehearsal and I'm not working with the weekend. But if by nine o'clock tonight, if there's a real pattern to it, probably isn't a dress rehearsal, so call my back up. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, maybe it's practice. That's cool. And so I went home. Um, and because I was so convinced it wasn't real labour, um, I we were supposed to have a, a bump shoot on the Saturday. And so I'm sat there painting my nails, <laughs> getting ready for these pictures to be taken. And I'm cracking up laughing, saying to Gareth, I bet you this you know, like I'm the only person who's actually biting their nails as they're starting to go into labour. Um, and fair enough, it, it actually was real labour. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of the, the, the start of it. Yeah. And how did things progress from there? Do you want to take us through the rest of your labour and then into your birth story? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I'm, I'm quite good at doing what I'm told. So by nine o'clock when I had a pattern, I called the backup midwife um, and it was such an odd conversation. She basically told me off for calling her um, and I was a bit flabbergasted um, because I'm like, the midwife is supposed to be, you know, like your person and they're supposed to be all warm and fuzzy and caring and she's telling me off like I'm an eight-year-old. Um, and so it was really odd, but part of the the technique that I have found really helpful with hypnobirthing is um, there were these series of positive affirmations and one that really stood out to me as I kind of listened to this playlist every day while I was doing yoga and this one that stood out to me was I'm prepared I'm prepared to calmly meet whatever turn my birthing takes and so I was like okay this is where the rubber hits the road just and I just took a deep breath and just thought of that and it did it just kind of steadied the course so I went out and I said to Gareth oh well look the back of my advice told me off for calling, but that's okay because, you know, like whatever happens, we'll be, we'll be cool. Um, so, yeah, I think I should probably go to bed now. Um, and then I've got to call her. I'm just telling you now in case I get too much in the zone. Um, we've got to call her when they're, you know, three minutes apart and lasting for a minute long. Um, have you got that app on your phone? And he's like, yeah, 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 I've got it ready to go. Cool. And so we went to sleep, managed to go to sleep. Um, then woke up at 2.30 in the morning, in the morning um, and my waters had broke. Um, I found out later it was only partially, which is why, you know, like I was able to go back to sleep and um, woke up at about 6.30. <laughs> the biggest thing I was worried about was, Gareth, can you take the dog for a walk? Because in a couple of hours, I think the rubber's going to hit the road. <laughs> I'm really going to need your help. So he took the dog for a walk. I jumped in our spa pool um, because the water for me was just really relaxing um, and I knew I wanted to have a water birth. So that's kind of what I did. And I had, um, you know, a hypnobirthing playlist on just to, you know, keep me in the zone and really calm and it was fabulous and he came back um and a couple of hours later we were sort of at that you know the point that we called the midwife at which point she said I've been up all night delivering so I'm gonna call you another backup and at that point I was like oh cool we're on the backup backup um so um that was I was like okay whatever happens. Um, and the good news is that my midwife agreed to come to come in. Um, and so she came to our house, came to check me out. Um, and then because we hadn't actually had the chance to have a visit before I'd gone into labor, um, she's like, oh, so um, the bad news is your blood test came back and you've got, um, you tested positive for group strep B. And because your water's broke at 2.30, 
unless we get your antibiotics, um, there's a slight chance that the baby could catch it. So we've got to get you those antibiotics. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll take a tablet. And she's like, oh, no, intravenous antibiotics. I'm like, oh, you are joking me. Um, and so she's like, so we're going to take you to the hospital. I'm like, oh, Karen, I don't want to go to the hospital. Can the birthing center do it? Um, and she was like, I'll ring and ask, but I don't think that they will. Um, anyway, she rang and asked. They could do it. And so she's like, right, let's get in the car. And then as we're driving, she then calls to say, there's been a crash, so it's two hours to walk with, so I just need you to just meet me at the hospital. And I'm like, okay. And sat in the back of the car, you know, like breathing through these contractions, you know, I'm prepared to calmly meet whatever happens. And I'm like, Gareth, we're going to the hospital. And he's like, oh, okay. And so I could feel that he was starting to get worried, but I was just so calm. Um, the kind of like the hypnobirthing techniques really were really kicking him. And so um, it was it was an interesting drive down to North Shore Hospital. It's about a 45-minute drive from here. Um, and then walking into the hospital, it was a bit different from a couple of weeks previous when I'd been in to see my grandma and I was getting looks when I wasn't getting out on the maternity ward. Um, so this time when I was getting out on the maternity ward, that felt it felt a little bit more like, oh, okay, I'm in the right place now. Um, so, yeah, so <laughs> get into the room and my midwife um, – was basically gobsmacked by how bad my veins were. So I hate needles, part of why I also didn't want to give birth in a hospital. Um, and I wanted to have as, as much of a natural labour as possible. Um, and she takes one look at my veins and she's like, oh, Lana, no one, you didn't want to be in a hospital. I wouldn't want to be here with veins like that either. And so basically she was Gareth said she was basically hacking at me. Um, I'm sure she wasn't, but he said he just about had to leave the room and he was amazed that I was so calm because I just kind of was like, oh, okay, do you want to try the other wrist? Oh, okay. And then another hospital midwife came in and she took one lock and went, I'm not touching those. We've got to wait for the registrar. And so they went to get the registrar and because he was off delivering another baby, I was just, you know, sat there laboring away, waiting, listening to, you know, the, the playlist, kind of breathing through. And Gareth is just like, oh, my gosh, this is actually working. Like the normal you would be losing the plot right now. Um, and so, yeah, they they um, got got me onto the um, antibiotics. At that point, they also hooked me up to some um, some fluids as well because Karen was like, hey, you've been laboring for a while. Let's just keep your fluids nice and high because it will help later on, um, you know. And then once once we sort of um, was through that, she checked me. I was a I was about six and a half centimetres by then and she was like, oh, that's still a little bit too, um, not far along enough to go to Walkworth. So if you, um, you got two options, we can stay here and you can just keep labouring here or you can go home and then, you know, I'll kind of give you some guidance as to when, when to call me and then you can then go to Walkworth from there. And at that point, I was just like, I just want out of the hospital. I want it out of the sterile environment and the white room and the artificial lighting. And I just wanted to be lying on the couch looking out at the trees. And so that's basically, I didn't think that I'd be up for another car ride, but I just lay down on the back seat of the car and just breathed my way all the way home. Um, and it felt like from when we got home, it was about 15 minutes before the midwife came back. Um, Gareth says it was, it was more like an hour to an hour and a half. So one of the things that they talk about in hypnobirthing is that if you get your mind out of the way, there's this time distortion and time will compress. And so true. I didn't, rationally, I didn't think that it was possible, but it is so true. Um, I thought everything flew by. Um, and, you know, Gareth was the, the real timekeeper. 
um, sort of afterwards telling me how long everything did take. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, Karen came back and she was like, whoa, Alana, okay, you were basically, um, you know, I, th- I think at that point I was eight centimeters. She's like, so you can go to Walkworth, but your waters didn't fully break. So if they break in the car, it's going to be just like, you're just going to want to push like nobody's business and you can't, I can't have you pushing until you get to the birthing center. And until I know that you're ready to go, can you do that? Or do you want to um, have baby here? Um, because it's, you know, it's safe as you're doing really well. Um, and I was like, can I jump in the spa? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay, we're going to walk with him because I want to be in the water. Um, and so she's like, okay, but you've got to go now. And it was just because she'd been so nice and warm and soft like the whole day. And then the way she said, you've got to go now, like something just like switched to me and Gareth. And we're like, oh my God, this baby's coming. Oh. Um, and so we're like, quick, feed the dog. Okay. What do we need? Grab the hospital bag. Like, let's go. Um, and literally, and, and I was just like, okay, baby, you and me can do this. Like, I was just like, you and me can do this. We can, we can get to walk with it without pushing. I trust you and I trust my body. Um, and I was like, literally just lying in the back of the car. It felt like I only had about three contractions. Um, it was like by giving myself just that, that pep talk, I actually tricked my body into just going, just just hold fire. Um, and yeah, and so it was, it was an interesting drive. Um, because once again, I thought it was about, you know, 15 minutes long. There's a, a tunnel that you go through on the way up to walk with. And Gary's like, okay, we're through the tunnels. And I was like, oh, cool. It's only 10 minutes up the road. Um, and he's like, what's wrong with you? You're so chill about this. This is weird. Um, and, and then we get to walk with, and I had to, um, walk across the, the car park and, you know, there's a few houses around and I'm in this tunic that really should have had leggings under it. Um, you know, one of those maternity tunics. And I, all I could think mm-hmm. was, this just looks so wrong. Like, here's me waddling on in, breathing through these contractions, stopping and, you know, kind of like leaning on Gareth in the middle of the car park, breathing through a contraction. And all I'm thinking about is, oh, I hope people can't see my bum. <laughs> so it was, um, it was pretty funny. <laughs> And then, yeah, we, we got into the birthing suite at Walkworth. Um, they'd already, um, my midwife had rung ahead, so they'd already run the, um, you know, the birthing pool for me. And so I just literally just jumped in the water. Um, and that was about five o'clock. Um, and it just instantly, I just was like, Oh, yes, you know, like this is going to be fine. Um, and so, yeah, um, Duncan was born at just before nine o'clock. So it was kind of another couple of hours of laboring. And then I think it was probably about an hour and a half of pushing. Um, and right at the end, I was so mad at myself because I hadn't actually eaten anything all day because I hadn't felt like it. And I was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to eat. Because I literally, like, I was just like, they're like, push, but you know, like baby's head's right there. And I could, you know, I could feel his head. And I was just like, I just, I like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just, I'm all out. Like I've got no more oomph um and so um you know like she really got into business mode and she's like right that's it get out of the pool if you're not going to do this we're going to sit you on the loo we're going to get some gravity helping you and she just like went into like this real business-like mode and it was exactly what I needed because it just got me really really focused um and um in the end I needed to have an episiotomy just to help him out uh his heart rate started dropping um and so yeah so um a, a little um, slice um, and out he came. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then he was a boy, which was wonderful because we didn't know what we were having. So it was absolutely, um, yeah, it was just mind-blowing just that second that he was out and just placed on my chest. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's real. I'm a mum. It was it was just mm. wonderful. 
Yeah, beautiful. What a lovely story. And how big was he uh, when he was born? 3.35 kilos at 7 pounds 6. So he, um, I think they must have got my dates wrong because there's no way he was two and a half weeks um, early. He was, yeah, spot on where he needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. And did he latch yeah, on yeah, initially? He, um, he was he was keen as right from the get go, um, and sort of spent basically that whole evening, um, sort of latched mm-hmm. on to me. Um, the great thing with the Walk with Birthing Centre is they are just there. Um, so basically, from the birthing suite, um, we literally, you know, like I had a shower after having that skin to skin time with him, um, and like I think probably we had an hour with him before they took him off me, got him cleaned up, weighed him and all of that. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then I had a shower while Gareth had some skin to skin time and then literally we li- just walked down the hallway and into our room. Um, and then, you know, like they sort of come in through the night to see how you're going, is baby latching, how's it going, do you need any help, you know, basic stuff like do you know how to do the nappies, do you know – you know, like all of that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, so he was he was pretty good. On about day day two, we sort of he he wasn't so mad keen. Um and I needed a little bit of help then with getting him latched on. Um and so that was <laughs> it was a bit like wrestling an octopus. Like he kind of like didn't know what to do with his arms and like, you know, <laughs> you're trying to put yourself your body in this really weird space and um we got there, um, and you know, like I'm still feeding him now. Um, so yeah, we we had a we we had a pretty good feeding journey actually. Um, I didn't have some of the um, like lots of my friends had, you know, like really bad cracked nipples and lots of pain like that. I didn't have anything like that. Like that, like they were sore. Don't get me wrong. Those those um, you know, gel pads that your best friend man, if you put them in the fridge, whew, um, they're really good. But what I did get was this really random um like a nerve, a let down nerve strain. And so I'd kind of get like this stabbing pain, um, kind of um, arching out either way from a nipple when he would first latch on. Um, but after a couple of weeks, that sort of subsided. I guess it's like any muscle. It's just, you know, it's it's being used in a way it's never been used before. Um, so, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, yeah we, we had a really smooth feeding journey. Awesome. And how long did you spend in the birthing center before you uh, so went home? We were at Walkworth for, <clears throat> I want to say, three nights. Um, one of the things that was really cool, though, is um, obviously because my grandma was really touch and go, um, I had asked them on. So he was born on the Saturday night, on the Monday, because I was kind of feeling so good on the Sunday. On the Monday, I said, hey, is there any chance that I could um, – take him to meet his great grandma because we don't know how long he's got and they were like oh do you want to check out early and I was like oh I was kind of hoping I could go down and come back and they were like oh we don't don't usually let people do that because you know like if you're hemorrhage or anything you know you're on our watch and you know that would be on us but the the midwife on duty was wonderful and she was like but you know what I don't want that on my head that he didn't get to meet his great grandma so let me see if I can clear it and yeah she she made made it all kind of good from a background perspective and on the Tuesday um we took him down to to meet my grandma um so that kind of um made my entire family really 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 happy um and yeah that was it was a really beautiful moment um them meeting um and we basically spent after we got home on the so we must have gone home on the Wednesday. Basically, every day or every second day, we were going down to take him down to see Grandma. Um, so it was pretty, it was pretty full on. 
to be doing that because, you know, it was about a 45-minute trip each way. Um, and when you've just given birth, sitting in a car for that length of time isn't always the most fun thing. Um, but it was the right yeah. thing to do. And, you know, like I, I don't regret it for a second. It was it was tiring for sure, but it just meant that they got so much time together over that, that those next 10 days before she passed away. Um, and you just, you know, that was just so special. Um, and, you know, like, He's he's got an awful lot of kudos with my extended family for arriving early um, and being able to brighten um, her last <laughs> days that much. So it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Awesome. And how did you go recovering from birth physically? I know you said you had an episiotomy. So what was your recovery like from that and yeah, just from giving um, birth I in was, general? I was really lucky. I um, had stayed really active right through my pregnancy, um, you know, like still walking the dog and doing yoga um, most days. And so I definitely think that that helped. Um, my midwife was amazed how quickly my um, abs knitted back together. Um, by six weeks, they were, you know, just about um, – that gap had closed back up and so she was pretty impressed with that um my stitches healed really well um so yeah I was I was I was pretty lucky yeah awesome and how did you go adjusting emotionally to life as a newborn mom I know you said you were driving back and forth to the hospital but also when you were at home and overnight how were you adjusting to that um so because I'd sort of psyched myself up for hardly any sleep he was to start with he was pretty good like he was four hour feeding through the night and that was like that was definitely handleable um my partner was also off for the first month so that made a a huge difference we basically had this great little system in place which was I fed him and then I passed him over to Gareth and he burped him and then settled him back to sleep so that was um it was it was pretty cool um we were tired but we were like in this lovely little bubble of just, you know, just the three of us just getting to know one another. And it was just so cool. It was a bit of a shock when Gareth went back to work. Um, you know, I think the first night that he came in the door, I was like, here's the baby. I'm going. I need some fresh air. Um, <laughs> I'm taking the dog by. Um, and, yeah. you know, so I think that was a little bit of adjustment for me personally. Those first few months were he was a dream um, baby. He was chilled. It wasn't colicky. He, um, you know, fed well, was easy to burp, um, settled really easily. Um, for me, it was kind of month six through nine that were really tough um, because he, at that point, was still waking four hourly through the night. Um, and I was like, no one warned me about this. Um, and I, I – I don't know if some of it um, might have been delayed um, sort of grief from grandma or it might have been um, some postnatal depression that kicked in at about month six. And to me, that was a real shock because I had sort of, um, you know, like I knew what to look out for. And in the early days, Plunkett's asking you and your midwife's asking you and everyone's checking in on you. By month six, people stop asking. And so it felt really isolating to sort of be like, yeah. hey, I'm finding it hard now because um, it kind of felt like I was really failing to stick up my hand and be like, I'm struggling, help. Um, and that would be one piece of advice that I would I would sort of give to other mums is it doesn't matter where you're at, there'll be someone feeling like you are. So find, find your tribe, find a support group. It might be online, it might be a friend, it might be, you know, your mum and just be like, hey, today was tough and it's okay that today was tough. Can you please tell me I'm not a bad mum? Because here's the 17 reasons I'm beating myself up this hour. Um, So I think that that was a bit of an adjustment. (laughs) I sort of hadn't quite been aware how much mum guilt was a real thing. Um, And I'd been expecting, you know, that I guess that 
series of feelings to hit it sort of you know quite early on and because he was such a great baby for those first few months I was like oh I'm you know like I must have this sorted like yay me and then I kind of was like oh no actually everyone goes through this (laughs) like it's 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 okay um so yeah it was it was a huge (laughs) dose of humility um but you know like I I had some great great people rally around me um and you know, lots of other people then say the same thing. Yeah, no, I, I had the same thing. My baby was great until month five or my baby was great until month 10. And I was quite lucky in that a lot of my friends, um, had, have already had their children. So they have sort of already worn the battle scars to pass them on to me. So I definitely found that really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And just as we sort of wrap up, I'm curious. Um, I think you'd definitely recommend hypnobirthing to others out there, but do you think that um, that was something that really helped you through your birth and, and you would guide Absolutely, others to yeah. at least look I, into? Um, I, for me personally, I found it fabulous. I naturally lean towards um, yoga. I found meditation to be really helpful since I've become a mum. So for me personally, it just really resonated with my values, which was to trust that my body knew what it was doing. And so if I could get the worry out of my mind, then I, you know, I would be fine. And to me, that was just really, really empowering. So I think, you know, if nothing else, um, you know, like read the book, there's a fabulous book or, um, you know, look up and find out if there's a hypnobirthing um, series of courses somewhere near you or just ask around, um, you know, and see has someone else had a great experience because that definitely helped me. Um, I heard from a few people who had um, either, you know, friends or family had had used hypnobirthing techniques and they did find it really, really helpful. So to me, I was like, oh, good, it's not just the book saying that it's that it's going to work. It does work in real life. And so that definitely helped knowing that it worked for real people. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Alana. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear your feedback. So either leave a review on the podcast app that you're listening on or head to our Instagram at Kiwi Birth Tales and leave a comment there. If you're interested in sharing your birth tale, then please head to the Instagram page and use the email link to get in touch. Thanks again for listening. I really look forward to sharing the next episode with you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.